Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina Castro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, today we have a very important show. <laughs> it's about uh, Libra, codependency and likability. And um, this one, we had a, a different show scheduled for this time that Dean and I were going to record. And we actually changed it because some things were coming up around um, Libra themes recently. And we just thought this was such an important topic um, for women, for all people really. But I mean, I know women have a really hard time with likability. And we we talk a lot about how difficult social media is for Dina and I. And um, I just had a incidence a couple of weeks ago where I just realized um, how important being acceptable and likable is for me. And I didn't really recognize that as much before these things happened. And I've been doing a lot of boundary work. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had, um, I, I do some work for an astrologer as a side job thing. And we have some younger people that do the customer service piece of it. And I've been doing the same job for years. And I have a way that works for me. And, and it seems a little bit like Saturnian and like, um, like I'm the older person who, who's stuck in my ways and I need to do things a certain way, but I have, I do try other things and I have found that this works best for me. So I was having a little bit of a scuffle with one of the girls that does the customer service and she wanted to change some things. And and I was reading her email and and I was saying, no, I don't really want to do that. And then there was some pushback. And at the same time, um, somebody else came in who was asking something else for me, a, a big um, boundary issue. And I just found myself so angry at both these people. And I realized that I was mad because in the past, I would do whatever it took, you know, to make the other person okay. And so I often have times have found myself compromising, you know, just for other people. And the thoughts around um, what this woman was asking me to do was, well, I should, you know, I'm older than her and I should, technology has changed and I should be more bendable and I can do this and what's the big deal and all these things were coming through my mind. And the bottom line was like, fuck that. I know what works for me and I'm really trying to make my life easier for me. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that I want to make other people's lives harder. It's just that we need to compromise and that I don't always have to bend over backwards for other people. And so I think oftentimes with Libra, there is this peaceable nature and there is sort of like, oh, you first um, attitude that comes with that. And so Dean and I are going to talk about just pretty much all things Libra today, relationships, how we see that working in relationships, um, how, how Venus shows up in the chart. So I don't know. Yeah. I'd say also, you know, so, so you know how to apply this to yourself. If you're listening, if you have a strong Libra component to your chart, or if you have a, a prominent Venus in your chart, as I do, 
prominent meaning like maybe it's on the rising sign point like I have or maybe it's highly connected to other planets in your chart so strong Venus or strong Libra um, component can I I know that you will probably relate to a lot of the things that we're going to talk about but also as you said at the beginning Katie I think all women (laughs) in our culture struggle with a lot of these issues because it's we're acculturated to to be feminine in a certain way and that is you know venus is about the feminine not women you know in that gendered way but the feminine archetype and we have a lot of ideas in this country about how women should act and being nice even still <laughs> yes even still believe it or not and being nice and being polite and being well liked uh, those are all in the mix. And so that creates this uh, codependency and this neediness to be liked that is uh, that is toxic. And we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about it all. So even if you don't have a strong Libra component to your chart or a, or a prominent Venus, I think as a woman, you will relate to this or or as a man with some of these features in your chart or who runs strong feminine energy in you, um, you'll relate. Yeah. I was going to say, I also have a pretty strong Venus in my chart and, um, I have a lot of, I have a lot of Venus issues for sure (laughs) in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found that for me for a long, long time, that there is this idea about having the perfect relationship and and one that's harmonious all the time. And um, I just found myself getting into a lot of actually codependent relationships or relationships where um, people couldn't show up for me. So I I have squares to my Venus, many squares Mm -hmm. to my Venus. And so it was always like falling in love quickly with somebody, getting in a relationship with somebody who was toxic or an alcoholic or um, who couldn't show up or those types of things. Um, And I think that I like unconsciously called that type of person into my life as a way to protect myself from true intimacy, you know, to avoid entanglements you know, that was a piece of it for me. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if, yeah. if that was the way that that played out for you or. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a very highly aspected Venus and then Venus conjunct my ascendant, you know, so I have Venus opposed my Neptune, Venus opposed my Mars, Venus trying my Jupiter and Venus trying my Uranus. So a lot, you know, of aspects and, um, but how I've experienced that is relationships for me have been like the primary schoolhouse in my life for forming a sense of self, but it's through the challenges to the sense of self Mm -hmm. that I've had to develop stronger boundaries, a stronger self identity, because I I definitely struggled um, when I was younger with feeling like I could just chameleon into, you know, any relationship with anybody. Like I could become what they needed me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to just disappear into the relationship a lot of times mm-hmm. and get really um, enmeshed in it. And I, you know, it wasn't conscious, it wasn't that conscious, but that was the drive. So how that played out was it would, you know, I would go as far into it until I started to completely lose myself and then I would have to break away, but I would have to be the one to break away. That that was always the lesson for me. Like I'm the one that would have to end it and step back and say, this isn't, this is not right for me. You know, I am seeing where I am losing myself here and where I'm not able to figure out where I start and somebody else ends. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was the kind of the theme of the 20s and 30s in relationship, you know, and until it ended with a, I think the end of that pattern was actually a really hard relationship with an alcoholic um, when I was in my 20s that, you know, really got to bottom of the barrel stuff. Um, 
you know, talk about, I mean, he hit his bottom and I hit mine too, like in the same yep. instant, you know? So that is uh, where I've, I've felt the, the stress of the Venus Libra themes in my life and how it's, it pushed me to get better and better and better at setting boundaries. Now I could have chosen not to do that. You know, I could still be sitting here at age 52 if I didn't do any personal development and wasn't concerned about, you know, growing and evolving, I I suppose I could be sitting here at age 52 in a really codependent, toxically enmeshed relationship still, or just like looking for the next, you know, romantic hit, you know, uh, romance Mm -hmm. addiction was definitely a a thing for me too, when I was in my twenties for sure. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was one to the next, to the next, all the way up into who's, who's going to save me now, right. (laughs) From myself. Mm -hmm. And the problem was that most of the time you were saving somebody (laughs) else. Nobody was saving you, you know, or, or even like helping you really. No, (laughs) to, two people sinking in the water. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, one of those, the themes that came up a lot in a relationship was, you know, addiction and, and, uh, alcoholism was a prominent theme for me. And I, but I've heard that is not really an uncommon thing. Like I know many, many women and people I've been, you know, close to who have, have walked that road in relationship too, with like having a partner that's, an addict or an alcoholic and having to gain your sense of self by realizing I can't fix it. I can't do this for them. You know, they have to figure it out themselves and I have to walk away mm-hmm. and it's really painful. But it's, you know, in realizing that your Venus and your Libra tendencies or just being a cultured feminine, it's going to make you inclined to want to take care of others and to put others' needs before your own. And so the lesson that we have before us is to figure out how do we how do we embody Libra energy without doing that? That's the question I put before us right now, Katie. <laughs> it's like yeah. how do we how do we embody healthy Libra? It's funny cuz I I feel like I'm doing it you know in the last like 10 years. I've done this so differently. I've looked at it in a different light because I think that doing all the, the Libra shadow stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for, for people who have significant Libra stuff in their charts, dysfunction, um, losing yourself for the sake of another person, codependence, you know, narcissism, um, being, mean being attracted to yeah, being the helper, the fixer, and the martyr—you know—all those things like are are big issues to overcome. And um, I just noticed because I hate to use sort of technical jargon, but but in my chart I have Uranus, Mars, Pluto, um, Jupiter all square my Venus, and Venus for me is prominent. It's in my seventh house. So I noticed that I had this definite, like, I want in, I want out of relationships, all relationships, Mm. you know, I really Mm -hmm. wanting in and then really wanting out. And I had to find somebody, I mean, my husband now has, has major planets in Libra's house. He's also in Aquarius. So we, the way it works really well for us is I can be myself. I need a lot of freedom and space. And because he's an Aquarius, he needs a lot of freedom and space because he's got a lot of Libra planets. There's this, you know, we don't like arguing. We don't. And that doesn't mean that we avoid our issues. I mean, we have had some blowouts, but it's better to find a common ground, you know, for us. And, um, and I think that in the last 10 years, I've definitely found friendships. Not that I haven't like got enmeshed with people that, that I had to like back out of pretty quickly, but, um, I do have really good friends now who I feel like we're on the same page, 
And instead, there's like mutual love. It doesn't mean that we always agree on things or that we always see things the same way. But there is this, I'm not trying to fix them. They're not trying to fix me, you know? Right. It's not an, mm-hmm. it's not an unequal relationship. And I think you hit on a few keywords there that I, I want to call out. And it's like finding common ground, uh, finding like the medium between, um, having balance and respect for each other. Those are all the high side of Libra and Venus as I see it. Like when we can be in a relationship and it really feels fair and equal, like both of us are going to get our, our sides heard and both of us are going to be respected um, and listened to. And it's not this lopsided thing where one person is rescuing the other or feeling like they have to, um, or that it's all about one person and and you're just revolving around them. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think this, this might be a good place to bring in the polarity, you know, the opposite sign of Aries and how it can also inform this dynamic. Cause you have something really interesting in your chart. You have Mars in Libra. I want to call that out and why, why I really call it out, why it really highlights that this issue for you, all that we're talking about, because Mars is the ruler of Aries and Aries is the opposite of Libra. It's about self-focus. It's about uh, kind of a warrior or warrioress mentality, you know, not afraid of conflict, those Aries, um, and being willing to stand up for your needs in a healthy way. That's like the high side of Aries as I see it. Like I envy Aries people. (laughs) You know, I wish I could be that sure of myself. Um, That might've sounded a little snarky, but it's true. I mean, I I respect, you know, Aries energy and how it's, it's so uncomplicatedly self, uh, uh, self-focused and self-assured, like at its best, you know, no nonsense. But it's the opposite of Libra because Libra is about focus on the other. It's about looking at how two sides can come together and be in balance and harmony. And Libra does tend to shy away from conflict. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how is that for you having Mars, the ruler of Aries, and kind of Mars is associated or is the part of us that is the inner warrior? You know, the part of us that is supposed to fight for what we need and want. And for you, that's in Libra, which is the opposite sign, Mm -hmm. you know, of the sign that it rules. It's so troubling to me, actually. (laughs) It's just like, I feel like I've spent a lifetime trying to figure it out because there's a part of me that's like, um, that feels in, um, like I'm strong, strong willed, you know, know how to make things happen. And then there's this other piece of me that almost doesn't seem like it's almost like having a split personality where it's like, I really care about what you think about me. (laughs) I really Mm -hmm. care about, um, wanting things to be peaceful. I don't like confrontations. I don't like combativeness. I like, I, step out of that. Um, I have a really hard time asserting myself. And when I do, I feel like I'm either a bitch or I feel guilty about it or, you know, those types of things where it's like, I remember even like last night, Todd and I met a new friend and this morning I was like, going over in my mind almost everything I said and was like, did I offend her? Did I did say fuck a few times? You know, like mm-hmm. I just am like, oh my God. And so yeah. I, I, I'm always thinking about others and how they're going to react and, you know, um, I, and acting in ways that are acceptable for me, you know, just, and just having that feeling of guilt and dislike for myself if I slip up and and don't act acceptable. I mean, you know, yeah. but I do yeah. think the assertive piece, like definitely there is so much, you and I talked about this earlier, like I would love to be, I hardly have any fire in my chart at all. And so it's really difficult for me to 
I get that image of like being in a crowd and pushing my way through and saying, no, this lifetime is about me, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's kind of Aries energy. It's like, I, you know, I want my place. And instead I'm like, oh no, you go ahead and I'll wait back here. You know, (laughs) it just only seems fair, you know? Um, Yeah. So yeah. And, and I definitely, can think of many times when I have asserted myself, like about, you know, I, I think that f- trying to find um, a way to assert myself um, that doesn't feel bad to me, you know, you, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I just think that um, my family has often said to me, like, you're so selfish. And I'm like, I think of everyone else all the time. I'm like constantly trying to figure out a way to make it okay for everybody, including myself. But yeah, anyway. It's so interesting, though, that you get the projection from others that you're selfish. Yeah. So it's actually inviting you to look at this shadow even more. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to wrestle with it because even when you think you're not you're not being selfish and you're really thinking about everybody else, other people sniff something out like that you're insecure about it or something. Yeah, it's like my that, weakness. You, that you're actually yes, uh-huh. like you're insecure about um, sticking up for yourself. So they're gonna push on it, and then it forces you to have to deal with it even more like I I think of all those squares in your chart you know to the Venus and I always say in readings that squares are going to push us to confront something over and over again and it's the biggest uh propeller for growth Mm -hmm. and people groan you know it's like growth uh you know (laughs) I don't want to grow anymore um and I boy I you know sometimes feel the same and yet you know that's also I, I say it's also your superpower Like those squares are not going to let you uh, give yourself up in relationship. Ultimately, they're not going to let you let yourself down in relationship. They're not going to let you be consumed by the other and the needs of the other because you've got all those squares to Venus pushing on your Venus saying, no, you got to exercise that muscle and get it right, Mm -hmm. especially with the Venus square Mars, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I think one of the keys that I'm starting to learn is, um, is like when I wrote that person back who was sort of pushing my boundaries that I talked about at the very beginning of the podcast, and she wanted me to change my ways of doing things to make it easier for herself. And, you know, I, I start composing this email and I want to say, oh, I know, you know, I'm a... I'm a Virgo moon and I just, I like things the way that I like them. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm making up all these excuses for myself. This is why I'm high maintenance, you know, like I, why I can't go with the flow. And the answer is no, you know, that's just the answer. And so I think that where, when you're saying like, people are pushing back on you because they see a weakness. I Mm -hmm. think that over explaining yourself Mm -hmm. is the piece that, that proves that you're weak and people can push back on that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah, you're right. You are high maintenance. Oh yeah, you're right. And that's the piece of me that feels, you know, weak is. And so I think this finding the strength, the sort of the Aries piece of it is just to say no with no explanation. No, I just right. wish you could, you know, you would, you could just respect my now. Okay. Right. Um, right. And that's it. I'm, yeah, that's, that's it. So, um, yeah, I, I remember writing this post like two years ago about people, women, especially like, you know, you, one person's coming out the door on one end and the other person's coming in the door on the other. And then 
the person coming out is like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, sorry for what? Like, sorry for exiting the building? Sorry. Right. You know? <laughs> Why? What the fuck? Why are we saying we're sorry for for just like moving around in the world? Like, I, right. I, anyway. It, that's the over politeness. You know, that's to me, shadow Libra, shadow Venus. It's not even really sincere. Right. It's just a, a knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. that we're taught to. Uh, to do that, you know, this is what it means to be polite and nice. Yep. And we don't really even mean it. And that's also like the danger of the shadow Libra is that insincerity, mm-hmm. actually. Yes. I'll keep things nice on the surface. And it's a little bit manipulative, too. Mm-hmm. Like not just in that instance that you mentioned, but shadow Libra, you know, if you're if you're in that mode of I've got to keep everything nice and keep everyone happy, it's also quite manipulative. Yep. And can can be very um, sneaky. It's like, I'm yes. just going to behave in this fakey nice way so that everyone here will like me mm-hmm. so that I can get what I want, which is ultimately not to have any conflict, you know, Yep, <laughs> and to have things ultimately go my way. So it's, mm-hmm. it, there's a sneaky way that it can be about getting your needs met, but it's not direct and it's not it's not integrated. It's not healthy. No, and um, I hate yeah. that piece about me. I mean, I I can sort of see how that operates. And mm-hmm. I remember I had to, one of the most painful uh, things that's happened in my life is I had to fire a really close friend of mine. And I had, I was in sort of a codependent relationship with her. And mm-hmm. I was doing things to to pick up the slack you know, at times where she was not, where she was lacking, you know, and, and that's one thing to do that for a friend, you know, to help a friend out, but it's another thing to do it with the intention. Like I'm, I just want things to go well. So I'm just going to keep doing this without saying anything to you, you know? And I think that that's where that Libra piece of piece fell for me, where it's like doing doing things with a smile and saying, it's okay, I want to help you. But really in the underside, there is this resentment brewing because, because mm-hmm. when you are acting in a codependent way with people and you're not being honest about the effects of whatever they're doing on you, um, it's, it's a lie. <laughs> the relationship's yeah. a lie. And you, you also come to understand like, how much you're enabling the person when the relationship comes to an end. But at the end of, you know, at the bottom line of that was she told me you're like doing everything with a smile and it's a lie. Like you're Mm -hmm. just, and I thought, Oh my God, that is not, you know, I love you. And I, I never ever wanted to come across like that, but I realized that that's, that really is a shadow piece of Libra and something that I had to work on where it's like, I don't want to do things for people and put a smile on my face and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. When it's not, you know? Right. I think what we're establishing is that in order to, to embody the high side of Libra or to walk the high road with it, we have to incorporate the opposite. You know, we have to incorporate a piece of the opposite. And I think that's true of all the signs. I mean, we're doing the dance with the polarity and that bringing in Aries energy, you know, bringing in some honesty with the diplomacy yeah. is, you know, brilliant. What what did I just hear? I was listening to um, Caroline Casey's podcast a few months ago, and she said, what is... Uh, she quoted another astrologer that I can't remember. She said, a Libra is just an Aries that went to charm school. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking brilliant. <laughs> so right on what we're talking about here. Um, because at the essence, Libra still wants to get what it wants. <laughs> yep. And is doing it in a different way, sometimes the the sneaky way. But to be more honest and to be more Aries about it mm-hmm. would be the high road to find the balance between the two. Um, you know, I had a conflict with, I will talk a little bit about this, with a friend last week who is an Aries. And uh, we were having a conversation and 
I didn't want to have a conflict in, in true, you know, both my cancer son doesn't like conflict and my Venus and my, you know, none of it likes conflict. So I was really wanting to avoid it and she kept pushing it. So we had this conflict and as soon as I started to speak my opinion, which I hadn't done, she pushed back and said, well, I don't want to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear your side of it. But what it did in me is it provoked me to stand up for myself and which I'm not uh, practiced in doing in that kind of an instance. And I just said, no way, I'm going to call you out on that. I need to have my voice heard here. Yeah. I need to have my, my, you know, stance honored and that, you know, that I felt disrespected and I felt um, like you know, I was being rolled right over. It just woke me up to, oh, wait, I've got to grab some Aries here mm-hmm. <laughs> in me. I got to find the Aries in me that can push back and fight because this isn't right. Did you feel guilty and, about that? Or did you, how, how what did that mm, trigger in you, like saying that? Or did it what just a great, feel good? What a great question. It just felt good, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I came away feeling, I was sad about the conflict. I was not upset about having said that. And I think that was the the truest and best moment of the conversation for me and what I needed to do. And maybe that was the whole lesson. Yeah. Could have been the whole reason why it happened is for me to see, like, I can be strong and stand up for myself. This has been a lifelong issue for me mm-hmm. um, to do it in the moment, not to just, as you were talking about earlier, resent and resent and resent when somebody keeps trampling over your boundaries and then explode one day to in the moment say, this isn't right. I'm calling you out. And we're, if we have a fight, we're going to have a fight. Well, yeah, I feel like instead of, if you can share things in the moment in that Aries way, Mm -hmm. it alleviates the list, right? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, as I can build a list, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah. No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. This is the hundredth time you've not listened to me or whatever. So now let me pull out the list. And then um, what I'm just going to do is leave. You know, I mean, right. I, instead of to avoid the conflict at all, I'll often just bail. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that's I mean, not I, cool. That's not how you form intimacy with in friendships or relationships. No. So ironically, the very um, thing that we started talking about, which was wanting to be liked and wanting to be accepted. If if you're not being accepted on your own terms and for who you are, then what good is it? Right. It's, it's a fault. It's fake. false. Yeah, it's false yeah. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the the growing edge, I think, for many of us is, you know, to be more and more true to ourselves so that we can be liked for that mm-hmm. and not for some false, good looking Libra persona, you know, that we're putting out that's very agreeable. Yeah. To all. Right. <laughs> um you know, hence the title of this episode, Do You Like Me Now? I think one of the things that, that you know, we also um, have touched on in our conversation before this was social media, you know, and what this triggers, um, what gets triggered by social media around this issue of wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted, wanting to look good on the surface. I mean, it brings up all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's part of why I, I have a hard time with it because my... Venus is so active. Mm-hmm. My Venus is prominent and it really gets triggered by when I go on social media, like feeling like I have to fit in, feeling like I want to be liked and not say anything disagreeable and all those things come up really strong. Um, so it's really hard for me to even be on there. Yeah. The thing about trolls and like, I know for a long time I worried about well, if I say, if I give the honest truth, if I say what I'm feeling about um, a topic, yeah, a now sort of thing or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. What if what if somebody comes in and disagrees with me? What if somebody comes in and calls me out on the ugliest parts of my personality or something like that? You know, like mm-hmm. that's just too much for me to even bear. And I mm-hmm. think that it was a consideration even when we started this podcast. It's like, sure. Do we want <laughs> do we want confrontation? Do we want people who are going to disagree with us? I, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I there's more to it than that, but there's a part of me that's like, fuck my whole life. I've been trying to just like fit in and I don't think I can take any more criticism. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. I just, I had a, I, I was critiqued for my whole, but we all are, you know, like that's just a part of human nature in some ways. Um, right. But I think it becomes even more difficult, like the older you get too. I was just reading this, this thing. I was feeling like I'm on my body lately is unacceptable. You know, as you age and these things happen and your body changes and you, you're more wrinkly or you're losing your, you know, muscle mass or whatever. I, I just think I'm always like looking at myself and comparing myself to like, like I was in my thirties, like I was in my forties, you know, and like never being happy with the way I look now. And the, the simple fact is my Venus wants me to be perfect and be presentable and be beautiful and all those things. And I'm, I'm not, Like it's not like I feel like I'm an ugly person, but I'm never I I, I'm never going to be a supermodel, and I'm never going to have like like you know mermaid hair. (laughs) So it's like I, but I was reading this thing, and it was like who you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. You can never go back there, so you just have to keep like moving to another level of accepting yourself, you know? Yes. But, but yeah. It, it's man, my Venus is a dick about that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, try having your Venus on the ascendant like I have. <laughs> right. And it's all about appearances, baby. Yep. Yeah. I've really had to fight that vanity monster. Um, and that is I'm very conscious of it. Luckily, through astrology, mm-hmm. like it gave me a heads up that this was going to be an issue because everything I ever read about having Venus in the first house or on the ascendant, you know, in astrology books or say, you tend to be vain. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I worry, have worried so much about my appearance, you know, over my entire lifetime, countless hours. And, um, and I've had to work on not worrying about it. Yeah. Because especially now, like I'm 52, I've got gray hair, you know, I'm, I weigh more than I did. 10 years ago, um, all the things, Mm -hmm. you know, that happen. And that is a constant practice in self-acceptance. It's kind of beautiful how life delivered us that, you know, it's like, no, you will, you will have to deal with, you know, losing your looks. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. And that what you realize is, all the things that we always hear and all the spiritual teachings, like it doesn't matter what's on the outside. It's all about what's on the inside, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) That's my Venus on the ascendant saying blah, blah. Uh, But it is, that's true, Mm -hmm. right? And we have to get more and more in touch with, with the outside mattering less. The inner beauty is what counts, Dina. Yes, right. And if we could just believe that line of shit, then it would make our lives so much better, I think. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, it really would. I, it really would. Yeah, I realize, especially lately being, you know, 52 as well, like um, how I have to learn how to accept myself. And I think, oh my gosh, I have not accepted myself, you know, my entire life. And I wonder if this is just going to be a thing that I live with, Mm. you know, because the aging process is hard, but I don't feel like, I mean, I, I, there's a piece of me that's like, you're fine. You're great. You're lovely. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you're all these things, but, um, 
you're just not in your youth anymore. <laughs> you right. Know? And this is, you know, this is all Venus Libra stuff too. And, and what is prioritized by the culture that we're in. It is a very Venus Libran culture that mm-hmm. um, in the sense of things need to look good. Youth is prioritized. What's pretty is prioritized. And our idea of what's pretty is very narrow. Um <clears throat> I do feel heartened, though, that, you know, there is a movement for more um, body positivity and that there's a lot of young women out there doing the work of helping women to accept their bodies, you know, at all different shapes and ages. And I mean, I think our generation, unfortunately, we got really deeply ingrained with the, you know, growing up with fashion mags and models and, you know, having the media just blitzing us with this is how you have to look. Um, I mean, it's still out there, but there is a movement starting to happen that is about real Mm self-acceptance of your body. And I love it. I'm so, so supportive of it. And I'm, I'm, you know, getting a lot from it. Um, There's a podcast, Jamila Jamil does a podcast that's really great. And she talks a lot on that about um, letting go of the patriarchal idea of how we have to look, you know, and that it's, that's where it's at right now for a lot of women. It's like finding the part of us that can love ourselves truly exactly as we are, no matter how we look. Um, And that's part of this, this Libra stuff too. Yeah. 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 It's hard to be regular. I mean, (laughs) I think (laughs) I, I was, I'm like, Oh my god! I just have to accept that I'm I'm just average, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. My my therapist, he would say, I always say, God, I'm just like I'm just a regular person. He's like, um, mm. you're hardly regular because I'm <laughs> such a weirdo on top of it. But <laughs> he's like, I would Great not therapist. call you regular. <laughs> um, yeah, he's funny about that, but um. <laughs> But yeah, it's hard to accept. I think with that prominent Venus, it's hard to accept that you're just regular. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if, you know, and, and some people will see this in their charts. If you have a karmic theme with Libra or again, if if with Libra or Venus, or if you have like either of those prominent in your chart that you'll find that the theme of having been um you know, uh, doted over for your looks at some point was, has been a theme, either mm-hmm. a past life theme or a present life theme certainly, you know, was for me, yep. you know, um, and it's like, oh, then when you start to lose those looks, it's really a, a huge wake up call and a lot to wrestle with spiritually. <laughs> oh my God. So I've been thinking about this lately. So when I was little, my, Uh, you know, when I was up until I was six years old, I was doted on and people were like, oh my God. My mom was like, people would stop in the street and they would be like, what a beautiful baby. Look at those eyes. And I was a really cute little kid until I was Mm -hmm. like six. And I had like this really, I had like, you know, long crystal gale hair. (laughs) Like, you know, like really, I was cute. Right. And yeah. then I want, I remember my, I wanted to get my hair cut like Farrah Fawcett because Farrah Fawcett was like, you know, the shit back then. Yeah. And so I, I, what I thought was going to happen is I was still going to have this really long hair, but it was going to have like lots of layers in it and I could curl it, flip it, you know, and I would be like this beautiful Venetian girl. Right. Yes. But the guy that cut my hair cut it all off. And so I was like, now this short-haired fat kid (laughs) from then on out, like not fat. I was just like a little pudgy. I ate a lot of ice cream, you know? And, um, And I had this hair that was like, and so I no longer got that attention. I was awkward. It was like that awkward stage of your life, like, I think third, fourth, fifth grade. And, um, and so I, that was a weird time for me, but I always like, when I look at myself in the mirror now and I first get my hair cut or, 
or I gained a few pounds, I go back to that kid and I'm like, ooh, that's like shameful and unacceptable. And I have a couple pounds I need to lose. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have that sort of like feeling of going, falling from grace or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, that is a brilliant phrase right there. Yeah. That falling from grace. I, I felt that same sensation. Like somehow I did something wrong just by aging. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. But it is how we, how we, um, it comes back to this idea of Venus having to do with value and valuing and how we value things. And so when we equate our value with, how we look, this is what happens. Then, then the fall is a bitch. You know, oh, my falling God. off that yes. pedestal. Yes. Yeah. I also had like I think I th- is it Mars in um, Libra? There's like a sign of bullying. We my hmm. I was talking about this with my friend Tony the other day too, and I I was thinking that on the opposite side of the spectrum when I was probably I blossomed early in my life but I remember coming back to school in like seventh grade and I had boobs and I had the weight had sort of fallen off and I was like cute and at that point and I was like this totally introverted kid you know because I spent all my primary years feeling weird and fat and ugly and you know whatever Mm -hmm. I was feeling shy odd. Um, and I came back to school, you know, after the summer and I had these boobs and I was cute again and I got a lot of attention and then I was totally bullied by the girls. And it was Mm. like, you're a slut, you're a this, you're that because I, I was now cute again. So I was shamed out for actually being cute having a body. I don't, you know, and I wasn't a slut. I was just like, I was like, (laughs) I actually didn't want the attention. You know, I was like, okay, now I have boobs and boys like me and all the girls think I'm a slut now. So that went on for years. So I, I just like those Venetian problems Mm -hmm. are, it is a thing in my life that has been a constant, like overcoming that constantly interesting that in all kinds of different ways you know yeah and being able to stand in your sense of self and say hey i'm not that yeah. you know what you're saying i am um and overcoming the bullying by just standing in your own sense of self and power is is the work and the lesson all those squares to your venus you know pushing on you saying like you have to uh push back you have to defend yourself yep and it's yeah, funny to be 50 and sort of just like stepping into that. <laughs> yeah. But isn't pretty, it though? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that is like the gift of age is yeah. is a little bit of that as well, you know, just. Well, here is the gift of age too. And I mean, we're not the first people to say this, but that I do care less yeah. um, about how I look and that's a blessing. And, um, I mean, as much as, yeah, I, you know, I get uh, distressed about the signs of aging at times, I also can then bring it around to perspective and say, yeah, it's, I, I had my day in the sun. Like I've been, (laughs) I've been the cute young thing, you know, and that was fun and we don't get to have that forever, you know, and that's okay. And now I don't need to care as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I keep, I keep myself up all right, but I don't need to be, you know, like the cutest girl in the room, which was how how it felt like we all needed to be, Yeah, you know, in our teens and 20s, right? It was the competition to be the cutest, cutest one in the room. What a right, what a drag and the that cu- was. all the cute girls were bitches. I mean, that yeah. it's just like there is no sort of sisterhood in in any of that. It, no, you can't win. No, you can't. It's so you can't win. It's it's a very difficult thing. Yeah, and it's it is. Yeah, going back to this whole codependency thing too, and that as being a, a Libra shadow. I mean, 
that is codependent to everyone to feel like I have to please everyone via my looks. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to always be pleasing in how I present myself and how I appear. And it's so codependent. So basically what we're saying is, you know, to balance Libra and dysfunctional Libra and dysfunctional Venus, we need to add in a dash of Aries Mm -hmm. (laughs) and bring in more self first, you know, self focus, um, and ability to stand in our power and, and not be so afraid of conflict because it's when we go so on the other side of the seesaw and fear conflict that we lose ourselves and we lose, we lose touch with who we even yep. are, you know, by getting enmeshed. Um, and we can yeah. appear superficial. And I know that just in my case, I feel like being a Scorpio person, I so much want to have deep, you know, real relationships. So to fall in that Venus trap is not, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not good. It's not good for me. It's not the way that, you know, it's not the appearance I want to make, so to speak, but Right. Um, we were also, I know you had brought this up before we even started the podcast today, but we were interested to hear from Aries people because mm-hmm. we're so curious about, um, we're so curious about them. <laughs> Do you feel guilty ever? I, yeah, I, I express that I feel like I'm in deep admiration of Aries and how th- it's very uncomplicated seeming how they, <laughs> how they're able to prioritize their own needs and themselves and how they aren't afraid of conflict. And I love that. I mean, I I wish I had more of that. Like you, I don't have a lot of fire in my chart. You know, my Mars is in the seventh house. Like I'm not, you know, it's, it's very um, hard for me to, to understand that. Yeah, and definitely. I would love to hear from Aries and how you experience being, uh, being an Aries or having a lot of Aries in your chart and how that plays out for you. So we'd love to hear from from people on that. And on the other side of it, since we, you know, spent all all this episode talking about Libra codependency and self-acceptance, we'd love to hear from Libra Venus people out there to see what resonated uh, here and what you found valuable or what maybe you have a different take on things that we said. All right, you guys, thanks for listening again. I actually learned a lot about myself today. Um, me too. Yeah. I learned a lot about you as well. Oh. And I hope you learned about me. Isn't that nice? We share a nice. little intimate moment with each other and our, and our listeners. Yes, we did. <laughs> All right. All right. Talk to you next thanks time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at SparkTheSun on Instagram. Or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening.